All right, so I kind of thought that sermon would be longer than that, but it wasn't. And I realized that while doing sermon prep, but I'm like, hmm, that's going to be like 15 minutes. What could I do? Maybe God would give a word of encouragement for the season of fasting that we're about to have. Um, so this mini-sermon is titled, A Call to Seek God Expectantly. So starting tomorrow, we're going, uh, well, starting tomorrow and going through the end of November 5th, we're, as a church, planning a 21-day season of seeking, prayer, and fasting. So for this sermon, I just wanted to kind of give a little prep talk and a little encouragement before we start this season tomorrow. Uh, so I, I kind of just wanted to talk about preparing for the season, why we need the season, and then give us a few scriptures to think about. All right, so let's, let's get into preparing for the season. So first off, if you haven't decided how you want to participate, and by the way, we are aiming for 100% participation, if you see yourself as a member, um, you know, you should really seriously think about how you can participate if you haven't already decided. But however you would like to participate in this season of fasting, or prayer and fasting, you should plan it out ahead of time, because... Choosing what you're going to do to fast the day of is never really a good idea because it's, it's just very easy to break away from it. Uh, anything that you planned that day, you can easily break that plan that day. It's pretty easy to do. I would really recommend picking ahead of time what you plan to do for this season of fasting, which, by the way, starts tomorrow. So if you haven't picked it out already and if you plan to participate, I would pick by the end of the day. And uh, last week, when Greg presented this, he gave uh, five suggestions of ways to fast that he or we would recommend. And if, if, you don't, if you need an outline, we can print you one, and it's also available on the website. But he mentioned five types of fasting, um, whether it's you know, fasting for the whole 21 days or juice fasting or fasting for a few of the days, but not all of the days, or Daniel fasting, or intermittent fasting, or uh, abstination. Um, you know, go over those and pick what you're going to do. And we can get you another outline if necessary. Uh, the second thing I would advise is set some accountability, whether that be with your spouse, or with roommates, or with um, a pastor or discipler. Let one or two people know what you chose. You know, sometimes when you fast, you don't let anyone know that you're fasting, but I think it's different with corporate fasts. In Because I kind of have an expectation that you're going to be fasting, so I won't be like, oh, wow, so-and-so is fasting. I'm, well, I, I wouldn't be surprised anyways, but <laughs> never mind. But uh, it's, it's not a problem to let other people know for accountability's sake. Uh, the next thing I would advise or encourage us to do is to attend worship meetings. So this, Greg called this a season of seeking prayer and fasting. And the goal of this isn't just to go hungry. The goal of this is to have more of God, to fellowship with him more, and to be more filled with the Spirit. 
So I, I would really strongly recommend that you attend maybe more worship meetings than you already do during this season. Uh, you know, we mentioned in the announcements how we're trying to have extra worship meetings in the season, and we would, I, we'd really recommend that you try to attend at least two worship meetings per week during the season, and maybe have extra time, or at least have some time of worship with your household. But I really would strongly recommend trying to attend at least two worship meetings a week during this, this 21-day period. The last thing I would encourage us is to uh, plan out some extra time for seeking God. So typically, if I have a day where I'm fasting, I don't just skip lunch or skip, you know, whatever meal I'm planning to skip, but I take the time I would have spent eating, eating that meal and also obtaining or preparing that meal, and I put that time towards prayer. Because eating takes time, and cooking takes time. I don't cook very often, but, you know, cooking takes time, driving to McDonald's takes time, eating takes time. If you're not spending time eating, you have more time. But again, we're not just trying to go hungry, we're aiming to seek God, we're aiming to fellowship with him more, we're aiming to be more filled with his spirit. So I would really strongly encourage you to plan some extra time of seeking God in this season, this 21-day period. And that might be reading scripture more, that might be spending more time in prayer, that might be spending more time in worship, but I would really encourage you to pick something and to plan it out ahead of time. And not just vaguely, nonchalantly be like, well, I'll do something. Because it's, it's very easy if you just tell yourself, I'll do something, to just not actually get around to it. You know, I tell myself I'll clean my room every now and then. If it's not a detailed plan, it's much more likely to not happen. So those are just some, some encouragements, some recommendations I'd give for, uh, for preparing for the season. But the next thing I want to talk about is why we need this, why this is important, why we should be on board, why we should be excited about this. I, I've got five reasons. The first one is that we need more of the Holy Spirit. Uh, in some sense, this is a, a need we've been um, focusing on for a while. Over the past two years, in multiple sermons and in this series, I've been trying to, uh, to present to us that we're actually not very charismatic of a church for being a Reformed charismatic church, and that's going to take effort to change. That's going to take seeking God. Um, I want to see us get to the point where we regularly have the nine gifts of the Spirit mentioned in 1 Corinthians 12. And we need to be seeking God for that. We need more of the Holy Spirit, and we need a permanent change in how filled with the Spirit we are. And this is something, maybe even the primary thing, we should be seeking during this season of fasting. We should be seeking more of the Holy Spirit. It's the biggest thing we need, and it's, it is more or less the point of this. But we need more of the Holy Spirit, and uh, as I'll mention in a bit, God is totally, completely, 100% willing to provide more of the Holy Spirit, but he wants us to seek him. The second thing we need and why we're doing this is we need more passion for God. 
You know, there's, we could always use more passion for God because we're human. All humans could use more passion for God. Um, but that's part of what we're seeking in this season is for God to rekindle our passion for him. And in some sense, one of the practical aspects of that is we could probably use more passion for evangelism as a church. Um, we haven't been doing too well in having, you know, outreach to non-Christians as a church as of late. And we should be seeking God not just for more of his spirit, but for more passion for him and for more passion for evangelism. Another reason we need this, we, we need this season of prayer and fasting, is that we need God's power to make ministry effective. So even though uh, we might not have an organized outreach at the moment, RCF kind of, um, well, we, we don't have any Wright State students at the moment. So, um, but we are going to start having outreach, evangelistic outreach, but we need to be praying and seeking God for his power. It's generally a good idea to do that beforehand. We need God's power to make ministry effective. Like Stephen said with parenting, you can't save them. And it doesn't just apply to your kids. If it applies to your kids, it certainly applies to strangers. You can't save them. We need God's power. In having God's power, having an anointing and an atmosphere of the Holy Spirit tends to tangibly make evangelism more effective. This is an observable thing in the history of the church. Having an atmosphere of the Holy Spirit and an anointing of the Holy Spirit tends to have a tangible effect on evangelism and how successful it is. And we need God's power to make ministry effective. Another reason we need a season, the season of prayer and fasting and a thing we should be seeking is we need breakthrough in various areas. You know, there's healings we need as a church. There's deliverances. There's victories over besetting sins that we still struggle with. We need breakthrough in various areas, especially in the area of healings and of having the gifts of the Spirit. And breakthroughs in various areas is something we should be praying for in our times of prayer and in our fasting. And the last thing I would say that we need, that we're want, something I'm hoping we get out of this, is we need God to sustain our unity. You know, we frequently deal with temptations to develop bad attitudes towards other members in the church, and that can lead to disunity, and we need God's help with that. We need God to sustain our unity. It's something that he does. It's something he gives us power and grace for, because we do get tempted to develop bad attitudes towards each other. We need God's power and help in that. So those are five things we're, um, that I'm hoping we get out of this. Five things we should be seeking during this um, season of prayer and fasting. And if you notice, this is somewhat just the rewording of the things Greg mentioned uh, last week. But, you know, they are important and we need them, especially more of the Holy Spirit. So, uh, that being said, the last part of this sermon is, I, I just want to give us some scriptures and some encouragement for this season. Um, Last night when I'm like, eh, I only have a 20-minute sermon, what should I do? I was praying that God would give me, you know, something encouraging to share. And the first thing that came to mind was Psalm 81, verse 10. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. So I think 
part of the idea of open your mouth wide is God is saying he wants us to have expectations that he's going to do big things. God wants us to expect that he's going to fill. God wants us to expect his blessing. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. Well, if you don't expect God to fill it, you're not going to open your mouth wide. Expectation is kind of a big part of this. I also want to point out that he says, you know, if you don't open your mouth wide, he won't fill it, is an implication of this. He says, open your mouth wide and I will fill it. And an implication of that sentence is that if you don't open your mouth wide, he's not going to fill it. God has many blessings for you, but he doesn't shove them down your throat. God wants you to open your mouth wide. He wants you to expect great things from him, and he wants you to seek them. Expecting blessing and seeking blessing. But I really want us to take, be encouraged by just like, hopefully we can hear the heart of God in these words. We can hear like the attitude with which he says it. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. That attitude is eagerness. God has eagerness to bless us. God wants us to have expectation and to seek him because he's eager to bless us. But he's not going to shove those blessings down our throat. Uh, the next passage I want us to consider for this season is uh, Luke 11, verses 9 through 13. Uh, so Jesus is saying, And I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? You know, the, one, the primary thing we're seeking in this season is for more of the Holy Spirit, for more of God's presence. And Jesus encourages us, pray persistently for more of the Holy Spirit, because God is eager to give the Holy Spirit to His children who seek this blessing. And, you know, we should always be seeking more of the Holy Spirit. I think a, a major implication of this passage is that praying to be filled with the Holy Spirit is part of how we get filled with the Holy Spirit. And we learn in Ephesians that we're to be regularly being filled with the Spirit, which means we need to be regularly praying to be filled with the Spirit. You know, this... We are to ask and keep asking, seek and keep seeking, and knock and keep knocking. This isn't just like a, you pray one prayer and you're good for the rest of your life type thing. The very context of this passage is persistent prayer. So we just read verses 9 through 13, but let's look at verses 5 through 8, the three verses just before this. And Jesus said to them, which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from with him, do not bother me. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up to give you anything. 
I tell you, though he will not give, get up to give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his impudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. So this is kind of a funny story, but Jesus says it to make a point. And the point is mentioned right before Jesus talks about praying for the Holy Spirit. And that point is pray persistently. So God is eager to give us blessings. God is especially eager to give us more of the Holy Spirit. But God wants us to pray for that persistently. And that's kind of what this 21-day season is. This is very persistent prayer to be filled with more of the Holy Spirit. Uh, the last passage uh, we'll quickly look at is Daniel 10, verses 2 through 6 and 10 through 14. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning for three weeks, or fasting for three weeks, a.k.a. 21 days. I ate no delicacies, no meat or wine entered my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all for the full three weeks. On the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river, that is the Tigris, I lifted up my eyes and looked, and behold, a man clothed in linen with a belt of fine gold of Uphaz around his waist. His body was like beryl, his face was like the appearance of lightning, his eyes were like flaming torches, and his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, and the sounds of his words were like the sound of a multitude." And then skipping ahead to verse 10. And behold, a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. And he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly loved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright. For now I have been sent to you. And when he had spoken this word to me, I stood up trembling. And he said to me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humble yourself before your God, your words have been heard, and I have come because of your words. The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me twenty-one days, but Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I was left there with the kings of Persia, and came to make you understand what is to happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision is for days yet to come. So the main thing I want us to get from this is Daniel in this passage was fasting or doing what we call, because of this passage, a Daniel fast for a season of 21 days. And Daniel's fasting immediately from the day he started was affecting what was going on in heavenly places. It was affecting what was going on in the spiritual realm. It was affecting warfare between angels and demons from the day he started. And what we do when we seek the Holy Spirit, it makes a difference in spiritual warfare. It makes a difference for the battle between light and darkness. It, it makes a difference in the heavenly places and in spiritual realms. And we should be greatly encouraged by that. We should be motivated to seek God earnestly and diligently. So those are just some passages I wanted us to consider and, uh, and hopefully be encouraged by. But I guess out of all of them, I, I would really want to emphasize that God is eager to bless us. God is eager for us to seek him and to respond to our seeking him. And God is eager to fill us with more of the Holy Spirit if we'll expect it and if we'll seek after it and if we'll seek persistently after it because Jesus told us to seek it persistently. So in conclusion, God wants us to seek him as a church and he wants us to seek him expectantly.
And I, I would also just add and reemphasize um, our goal is to get 100% participation in this season of seeking prayer and fasting. Um, and there's a reason Greg gave like five different options or recommendations of how to participate. Not everyone um, can like do a full 21-day fast. I work a nine-to-five job, so I am not going to be completely going without food for 21 days because I would lump over at my computer and do nothing. Uh, but that's just me. But anyways, think about how you could participate and pray that God would give you um, encouragement and motivation to. So let's close in prayer and get to our communion meditation. Dear Lord, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for what you're doing among us as a church. We thank you that you are so eager as a father to bless us and that you want to give us good things and that you want us to spend time with you and seek you. Uh, we pray that this would just be a very blessed season of prayer and fasting and seeking, Lord. We pray your blessing upon this season. We pray that you would draw us to yourself and that we would really grow closer to you in this season. We pray that you would greatly anoint us with your spirit and that this would cause changes to happen, that we would find breakthrough, that there would be things happening in the heavenly places and that there would be um, effects that are caused by this season that last lifetimes, Lord. We thank you for your grace and your love for us, and amen. So today's communion meditation is called God Enjoys Fellowship with Us. Let's look at Luke 10, 38 through 42. Now then, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are so anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which shall not be taken away from her. So hopefully also in this we can hear the attitude behind the Lord's words. God enjoys spending time with us. God enjoys when we spend time in his word and in prayer. God enjoys fellowship with us. Jesus, didn't in, Jesus died so our sins could be forgiven, but he also died to obtain a bride for himself. And a bride is someone you enjoy spending time with. So as we start this season of prayer and fasting, I, I just want us to really remember that God enjoys spending time with us. So let's praise him as we come to the table.